Hello everyone, what's up Team NXT? I am CD Danny Mac, bringing you the last stop on the road to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia on the 40th episode of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I can't believe this milestone, and here to celebrate this milestone and do another pre-TakeOver episode with me, I bring you guys Nikki Six. Nick, welcome back to the show. Hey everyone, it's good to be back. Nick, it's been a while. As as some of you might not know, some of my new listeners, Nick was on the most consistent co-host of mine in the beginning stages of the podcast. Go back and check out some of the stuff. It's not the voice that is your choice that you've grown to know and hopefully love, but uh, def- Nick definitely helped me polish out some of my finer points on putting the podcast together, and I can't thank him enough. He's got the in-ring experience with a fan's reaction as well, so I do enjoy having him on here, especially on the last stop before a NXT takeover that we will be attending. Nick and I... Can't wait. Nick and I are TakeOver veterans at this point in our lives. Been to all three TakeOver Brooklyn's numerous NXT live events together. A lot. And we're going to Philly, my friend. We are going to Philly. We're going to Philly. first TakeOver that is not going to be in the state of New York. So it's it's, it's a mixed feeling. A lot of those feelings are happy, especially getting to see Johnny Gargano compete for the NXT Championship and the stacked card, which we will get to in a little while. Johnny Gargano, speaking of which, putting up the number one contendership to the NXT Championship against the Velveteen Dream in a great main event, as I had high hopes for this all week. Velveteen Dream kicking off the show with ambiance, atmosphere, and a little bit of a lighting switch backstage. We saw Nick during Velveteen Dream's early stages. He won't answer to interviews because the ambiance and the atmosphere isn't right. This is the most evident we've seen it of him taking it upon himself. What are your thoughts on this opening segment? I think it was absolutely perfect. It's time plus effort equals awesome. He has done it up. He has done this character right. He has taken his time. He has perfected his art. And now he is reaping the rewards. We've seen numerous tough enough contenders for NXT television. We have obviously Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville on Absolution on Raw now. Velveteen Dream, the prime young talent who I predicted would win the whole thing. And Josh Brettel... have won the whole Josh Brettle, the Yeti, is standing somewhere. I don't know where that guy is. I know he got released. So Velveteen Dream proving once again that it's best not to win the tough enough competition here, Nick. (laughs) If Maven wasn't enough of a proof for that one, Chris Nowinski still has a job. Chris Nowinski, I believe, is he's somewhere in the in the backstage workings, but uh, a lot of contestants <laughs> making their way onto success in WWE. But Velveteen Dream definitely making the biggest impact in NXT of any male talent. Wow! And the quote I took away from that: Johnny Gargano's eyes are tainted with doubt. Velveteen Dream is pure. This kid is so young, and he's delivering this character in such a way and making it up with his in-ring presence, which. Nick, you've been in the ring before. That's part of the reason that everyone can relate to Gargano is sometimes you can see the doubt in himself in his eyes. You can second-guess himself. With the 2017 Johnny Gargano had, there's no doubt that doubt was in his eyes, but Johnny Gargano making the point last week, he is tired of being doubted around here in NXT and wants to prove that to Velveteen Dream, who says he wouldn't be in the position he was in if he was able to face Cassius Ono. That match would not have happened. Gargano would not have been in the Fatal 4-Way and obviously would not have picked up the win in that match to secure that contendership. So obviously putting it up to disregard any doubt that may come from cynical fans or Velveteen Dream himself, which believe it or not, there are cynical fans about Johnny Gargano, but that's a main event reaction. I'll get to that during the Velveteen Dream match, 
But a match to kick off this episode of NXT, we had the returning No Way Jose. The Fiesta and the Conga Line was headed straight to the top as he took on Cesar Banani, the big brawling Brazilian who seems to still be putting a couple pieces of things together here in NXT. We've seen him work both sides of the coin, face and heel. Nick, this is not a slander against him at all, by the way, guys, but he's starting to remind me of the role that Aaliyah seems to be filling in the NXT women's division. She's constantly back and forth on things, trying to piece a couple things together. I could see big things for Cesar, but this match was probably not the best evidence of that, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Cesar's got some, some ways to go, but he suffers the same thing that every big guy in the WWE has ever suffered. WWE demands great technical wrestling out of every one of their superstars. And Cesar Bonani is primarily a striker because of his size. It is harder to do and pull off some of those moves that seem really easy, but because he's so lanky, it makes it hard because just to make it look nice, you know? The aesthetics, definitely a little bit rough in that match. I'm going to hear it on this one, Nick. WWE demands great technical wrestling. I'm going to I'm gonna get some backlash on this. They but do. Tw- they truly do, honestly. I, I think that if you don't give them what they want and what they expect, and at this point in WWE's history, especially in NXT, you guys want to say what you want about the WWE's you know, history on hiring people for... Just because a guy has the right look. Name, yeah. Or they have the right look like Batista or Lashley. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes these guys will surprise you and make a major comeback like Lashley has had. But not a direction I expected to take this match. Cesar Bonani did look a little bit rough in this match. Not the technical expertise on display here. More of a striker. He has that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. But this... He needs, to, he needs to work on a couple of things. I don't know if it's a little bit of reserve trying to take that jiu-jitsu and transition it into professional wrestling. A lot of MMA might have a little bit of hard time pulling back on certain things. But let's get to No Way Jose. No Way Jose, one of the most beloved members of the roster by the NXT universe. Nobody brings the crowd participation like No Way Jose does. Unfortunately, no conga line happening here at the Center Stage Arena in Georgia. I guess the way the arena was set up. Space. It didn't seem like there was it's enough just space. There's not enough space there. I'm going to address line. I'm going to address that on the Johnny Gargano Someone suicide might have dive. Gotten uh, like trampled. Fans like, could have been put in danger had there been a conga line, there's certainly that possibility. But No Way Jose, able to make the comeback against the larger, striking Cesar Bernani, despite the rough stuff in the ring, he did maintain an advantage throughout this matchup. But Jose, coming back in style, bringing the Fiesta fire, bringing the Dominican rage, and it ended with a huge pop-up right hand, serving the punch right to Cesar's jaw, and one, two, three, No Way Jose with a successful comeback to NXT television. No Way Jose unfortunately missing some television time due to an injury, but back and on track, I like to see No Way Jose go a little bit further from here. Nick, if you had to put anybody in a rivalry with the beloved No Way Jose right now, anybody come to mind? The man needs to gain traction and he needs to do it quick. And he needs to avoid injury. Because we all know WWE has like a three strikes you're out policy. If you get injured three times in the same spot within a year or so, you're out. It's like the Mr. Kennedy treatment. I think that his best bet right now would be to, and a lot of people are going to hate this, turn him heel, turn him heel, and see what he can do as a heel. And if he creates enough friction, pin him against Aleister Black. Okay. 
Definitely a size match for Aleister Black. No doubt about it. And no power. Way, no Way Jose, big frame, powerful guy. But that sick of bringing the party thing, we have seen that backfire. Adam Rose really struggled with that on the main roster. I kind of debated this last week with myself. Debating with myself is a weird way to phrase that, but I can't think of any other way right now. How about taking it a different route? He doesn't need anyone else to party. He's a one-man party. That's true. We did see Andrade Cien Almas kind of tend to be a one-man party, and now he's NXT champion. I could definitely see a big guy like Jose catch on a mean streak and really just get fed up. Assuming he's put in one of those just keeps losing and losing and losing matches, and then he just snaps and turns on the audience. Like I would pe- like to see that. Caring about what these people think has made me lose. We've seen that angle work out on many, many forms before. No way, Jose, though. I think he's going to ride the conga line babyface train just a little bit longer. But if anything, if Jose seems to find that struggling in getting a reaction, I can definitely see a heel turn in his future because he has the size and believability to make something like that work. Absolutely. No way, Jose, successful here on NXT against the big Brazilian Cesar Bernani and a lot of interesting points made by Nick. On an odd future for No Way, Jose. Controversial, yeah. Controversial to say the very least. And speaking of controversial, there is nothing short of controversy than what the Undisputed Era has done since arriving in NXT. Nick and I saw it in person at TakeOver Brooklyn 3, first invading the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the Authors of Pain and Sanity. Their bad blood with Sanity rides to this very day. Adam Cole interfering at the ends of the NXT Championship match and jumping Drew McIntyre. A match that probably softened up Drew McIntyre for his eventual loss to Andrade Cien Almas. But now Adam Cole has messed with, I feel, the wrong renegade. Aleister Black, the Dark Dutch Destroyer, obviously with a lot of bad blood towards Adam Cole. Nick, Aleister Black is a personified weapon. What a chilling message. And from you're going to give him weapons, like literal weapons. That's not a good idea. He's already an extension <laughs> of a weapon. His, his martial arts... Can you imagine giving this man a kendo stick? I didn't think things could echo any louder than his kicks. Man, it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, Philly's going to get real loud. The home of ECW action is going to get extreme when Adam Cole takes on Aleister Black. We'll get to that match with our takeover predictions at the end of the show, but an amazing video package providing the right kind of hype for this anticipated bad blood rivalry. I'm going to drive this point home a whole lot here, Team NXT. Aleister Black versus Adam Cole has the potential to steal Royal Rumble weekend. But shifting away from that rivalry, we have NXT women's action taking place. Bianca Belair taking on Latoya Alsa. Um, I don't know if it's because I was misspelling it in the search, but I was unable to find information on Latoya Alsa this evening. And Nick, if you've listened to this show before when he's on it, usually a very reliable source for the independent talents, the enhancement talents background before coming in. Nick, just to confirm, you couldn't find anything on her either. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on her. I Nevertheless, didn't spell her name wrong, though. It's entirely possible. Nevertheless, Latoya taking on Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair... Kind of has that, well, I didn't expect her to work in the dirty fashion that she has. She was a favorite in the Mae Young Classic. I know she's an internet favorite among a few of my followers on Twitter. So I didn't expect the kind of tactics that Bianca Belair displayed in this match. But she definitely proved that she is the strongest and the baddest and looking to be the best 
Yes, that ends in EST as well in the NXT Women's Division and an absolutely dominating power display against Latoya Elsa. Nick, how do you combat a woman with the... She brings a big punch in somewhat of a small compact package, does Bianca Belair. What do you make so far of the former Mae Young Classic competitor and her dominance showed tonight here on NXT? Well, she's definitely working towards style. I don't know exactly what that style is yet because it's new. And I haven't seen much of her. Not yet. in a women's division. It's yeah. ver- very uncommon sort of throwing her weight around style that we haven't quite seen in the NXT women's division. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Because she's definitely got something going. And I want to see some sort of you know match stipulations that strictly prohibit her from using her hair and things like that. Because people need to take guard. Like, what that hair is dangerous. I'm surprised she hasn't choked anyone out with it. Entirely possible that ponytail does go on for days. A lot of people, Nick, just think Bianca Belair's gimmick is her hair, and you gotta really watch for the other things. The it's e- kind of hard not to think that, though. The- I mean, like, she is always touching her hair. Constantly. Immediately, the match ended, whipping her hair around again. She whipped her head, and she had like she couldn't grab her hair. Here's the point that I want to make. Okay. When she went to make her pose in the beginning of the match, she missed by, like, half an inch... Her ponytail, and she just didn't know what to do. She had this look of confusion, like, oh, screwed up. I did not catch that. Yeah. Bianca like, Bell- she went to, like, whip her hair into her hand so that she could, like, stroke it down, and she completely missed, and this, like, look of terror in her eyes. That's something you can't do on WWE television. You have to make every mistake purposeful. 100% right. Wow. I didn't actually believe most of the internet critics I've come across just saying Bianca Belair's gimmick is all her hair. I combated that with earlier points made. She is the bad est, the great est, the strong est. Those letters E-S-T, you put them attached to most adjectives, and Bianca Belair will fit those categories. She's an extremely clever... It's and it's very she does fit that very hard very hard to look away from the earlier point though and not knowing what to do as far it as seems a moment like... a moment of human error and character full on you can't make those mistakes on NXT television but she did not make any mistakes in this match Latoya unable to put together any sort of meaningful offense and let's put the power on display that double chicken wing almost a full Nelson the woman has a four hundred and fifteen pound deadlift. She threw Latoya up from clear from the ground up to her feet, and the dominance would just continue from there. The hair whip countering Latoya off the top rope. I'd and also like to see the hair used in a bit more like style, like using the hair to do a, a neck breaker or uh, something like. If you're gonna use the hair, use the hair. Don't to just the use it. Extent. Don't just use it as a striking move. Incorporate it exactly. into her grapples use it in as your well. Wrestling and your technical wrestling. I could see that I think definitely that would providing. Be great. Definitely providing success to Belair in the future, as well as that reverse power bomb. More ways to display Bianca Belair's power. Beautiful. I Re- love that move. Great move. Not a common finisher at all, at least the first time I've seen it. Definitely in a women's division. A sealed victory for Bianca Belair, who seems to have a bright future if she can piece her hair together properly on NXT only, television. The only way to make that finisher better, she jacked her on a corner. A turnbuckle execution move? Like if she just fell backwards and her opponent hit right on the turnbuckle and then she fell forward and right into a pinning predicament. I think that would work perfectly. Sort of like a turnbuckle beheading. Yeah. Coming from, be, a tur- oh, coming from a... So cool. Coming from a powerbomb position. Lots of potential in the future for Bianca Belair.
Belair looking like a meaningful future contender, but current number one contender Shayna Baszler and the NXT Women's Champion, the Mythic Warrior Ember Moon, sitting down with Percy Watson in quite a close interview. MMA weigh-in sort of UFC vibe, only without all the cameras and commotion. This was just these two women, a really scared-looking Percy Watson, asking the tough questions. It was really tense. Incredibly, incredibly (laughs) tense. Well, Shayna Baszler's come in and provided nothing but tension in the NXT women's locker room. You don't know when this bully was going to strike. You don't know when she was going to attempt to take your lunch money or choke you out or do anything to you. Not called for in a training session or even in the middle of a sanctioned match. Looking back at what happened to Dakota Kai, not even her in-ring debut, her television debut, taking out the pirate princess Kairi Sane on the entrance ramp. Ember Moon wants to stand up for her division and all of the powerful and meaningful adjectives that there are. The sportsmanship and the honor of the NXT Women's Division is at stake. I don't believe it's going to fall to a bully. Neither does Ember Moon. Nick, what do you make of Ember Moon's interview tonight? I definitely think we saw a lot more character and that she wants to be this guardian of the NXT Women's Division. There's a lot of passion in this division of her, clearly, because she worked so hard to get to that, you know, gold. And I get where she's coming from because she had to just scratch and claw to get where she is. She had to face Asuka more than anybody has faced Asuka in but NXT. let's be real. There have been a billion bullies in the WWE who pulled out on top and made great champions. Shayna Baszler... There's no taking away from her combat sports resume. Former MMA fighter, a UFC four-horse woman, success on the independent wrestling scene as well. May Young Classic finalist against the formerly mentioned Kyrie Sane. She does have a notable list of accomplishments. She can ride those. She doesn't need to throw her weight around. People will see that resume and want to give her meaningful matches. She doesn't need to break Dakota Kai's arm to make an impact. But Shayna seemingly does not care. She will take any way to get anywhere that she wants. I like that they're embracing the MMA thing about her character. But at the same time, I feel like they're pulling too much from it. Like, Especially considering it, we, we just had Sonya Deville in NXT. Exactly. We just saw just Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville being Ember Moon's first title defense. And now we see her going against a very similar opponent in Shayna Baszler. Very good point. I just think that, that they're pulling way too hard on that. They have to give her something that is going to set her apart. Because I, I said it to you earlier... I called her Samoa Jane. Yes. <laughs> the rear naked choke finisher definitely provides for that. I uh, don't know about her Samoan background. That. It was more specifically because she came into NXT and she's literally doing the same thing that Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe did. Sure. I won't bully everyone until I get the title. We've seen this. It's just a different division. Right. And I expect better from NXT. Better from the writers at this point, man. They're getting a little bit complacent. Complacency in debuts, especially for characters like Shayna Baszler. Making an impact, though, nonetheless, taking out Dakota Kai, bullying her way to the top, getting an NXT championship opportunity. To your point, this usually works out. We saw I don't Kev- want to sound like a miser. No, you know, absolutely like, I mean, not. I, I love what's going on in the women's division. I completely endorse her character. It's how long have you been fun. waiting? I know how long you've been personally waiting for Ember Moon to be champion. We started this... Ver- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we started this very show the weekend of TakeOver Orlando, one of the most heartbreaking Ember Moon losses of 
NXT history. So I could definitely see your point and your bitterness towards anything. We saw Ember Moon debut. TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Great match with the iconic Billy Kay. Shayna Baszler takes on Ember Moon. Ember Moon standing up for the division. Shayna Baszler thinking she can shove her way through that. And two Nick's points about earlier NXT bullies. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, it worked for them. They got the title very, very quickly. I do want to see the opposite happen for Shayna Baszler. I don't want Shayna Baszler to get the metaphorical jetpack on her back straight to the championship. What are your thoughts on this Team NXT? Tweet me any takeover predictions you have. We'll get to the rest of them towards the end of the show. But some NXT Tag Team Division action. We get more spotlight on the Australian tandem known as TM61. TM61 getting their own spotlight, Who is TM61 segments, much reminiscent of the Who is Roderick Strong segments from earlier last year. And it seemed to work out for Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong in the NXT Championship picture, sooner rather than later after that, couple great matches and interactions with Bobby Roode. So I'm hoping TM61 gets that same payoff, because the message here is... Shane Thorne and Nick Miller don't want the only memories of TM61 to be what they've seen so far. They have so much more they want to show the NXT audience, and Shane Thorne has already showed his resilience. Nick, I did not know this, and tonight we were both in complete shock during this. Shane Thorne, unbelievable. Shane Thorne injuring his knee in that Roderick Strong Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic qualifying match when Austin Aries had his orbital bone shattered and was unable to team with Roderick Strong. Shane Thorne, Roderick Strong, unbelievable singles match. They put on an amazing show, and for him to have been injured during that whole series of matches. That TakeOver Shark Cage match with Paul Ellering, Shane Thorne diving off the set, which I mentioned last week, but now we get into learning he was injured before that and still carried on through that match with the Arthurs of Pain, still with an incredible spot, and Nick, you noticing, he did take that injured knee into account when diving off that. He did a couple times. When when they showed it again, and, you know, they, they always show it in slow motion, you could see that he slightly elevated it so that he wouldn't hit first with the left leg. The left leg was slightly higher than the rest of his body and his right leg, so that the impact was primarily put on the right leg in his body. Unbelievable swanton dive off that Toronto set. Unfortunately, not sealing the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic title at that time. But Shane Thorne, always accompanied by Nick Miller. Great friends, these two Aussies. They stick together. Nick Miller through every single step of <laughs> Shane Thorne's recovery. He was in. The, he was right there with him through the whole surgery process. They were on him in one segment and then they just like panned over to the right and there he was. Nick I've Miller been in not surgeries where they wouldn't let my mother in the room. But this guy's friend was in the corner just like, look at that. Tag team brother Nick Miller accompanying Shane Thorne through this entire process. TM61 getting ready to make their return. And guess what? We're going to see it in Philly because as I like to say here, the pre-show, post-show matches that will be filmed in Philadelphia feature two great matches that Nick and I, and I'm sure Dave, Nick Miller, Shane Thorne, TM61, the mighty will not kneel anymore. They will make their return next week on NXT television, which is really going to be this Saturday at TakeOver Philadelphia couple inside just tips. broke the magic, man. You just Un- destroyed it. We're, take- we're takeover <laughs> veterans, and I've said this before. It shouldn't be any surprise to you if you've listened to me before. Also joining that lineup will be Nikki Cross taking on the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans getting some time to voice her discretions. Last week, 
I covered that on episode 39. Two great matches set to take place in Philadelphia. I personally cannot wait for the returning TM61. Nick, how long do you think it will take these two boys to show what they got and join the NXT Championship picture? I think they're a favorite to be contenders by Brooklyn. Oh, absolutely. They are on the hot track right now. They are the most established tag team. I think, personally, the loser of the match you know, for the tag titles is going to move up very shortly. Or That's just, just pay- my opinion. Not a bad opinion. Wouldn't be surprised to have some post-Royal Rumble call-ups, and I fo- I'm so, looking forward to this. I think that's a possibility, and I think that given that as a possibility, TM61 is one of our NXT's, you know, our NXT's most seasoned tag teams. And by that standard, they have the most right Season tag teams, not just in the NXT program, we're taking all-around world experience into account. Probably Red Dragon, the current yeah, NX, exactly the current Undisputed Era, current NXT tag team champions. Probably the second, or I think they have the most experience. TM61 probably has a couple years behind those guys. Definitely established team in NXT. Just because of this injury, you can't take out any other experience Check out what these guys can do. I have a question for you, Dan. Sure. Seeing as how TM61 is so close to the fast track on this tag team division. Okay. Given who the champions are and who they can be, who would you prefer to see uh, TM61 face off for the champions? I think TM61 taking on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the Undisputed Era, has potential to be a technical and striking and fast-paced masterpiece in my I opinion. agree with you there. There's no way that that match would let down anyone. You really can't sell either of those tag teams short. However. And I love being the controversial one. Sure. So, I'm going to say it would be way more gratifying to get Authors of Pain in there and have them beat the guys who beat them for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. A Dusty Rhodes Classic Finals rematch for those NXT Tag Team titles. Do you want to see a Team NXT Nikki Six wants to see it. I want to see that masterpiece that could be with the Undisputed Era taking on TM61. Give me your thoughts, any form of the social media. Reach out any point you can between now and TakeOver Philadelphia. I'm going to be driving home the social media a whole lot this episode because I'm almost there. 500 for Philly, 500 Twitter followers. I'm trying to get to 500 by Saturday. So if any team member of Team NXT could help me out and really push those numbers home, I think I'm like 6 or 7 away as of the recording of this episode. But enough about the self-plugs and the narcissism. It's main event time. Johnny Gargano takes on Velveteen Dream, number one contendership, hanging in the balance because Johnny Gargano is sick of being doubted. This match delivered, and as well as Velveteen Dream pulling something very similar to what he did at TakeOver War Games. Granted, not to the most extreme sense, but still, Johnny Gargano's t-shirt around the chest of Velveteen Dream cut up in the only flamboyant way that you could really expect from Velveteen Dream, making his presence known, spotlight and attention always on the young talent. Now before we get too much into the actual match, I got a question for you about the Dream. Do you think, there was a lot of talk from the Dream about how he was denied his chance and all this. Right. Do you truly think he's ready for the NXT title? He's young. He's got heart. We saw that masterpiece match of the year qualifier with Aleister Black at TakeOver War Games. Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black, my rivalry of choice for all of 2017. But he's still young. He's still putting pieces together. I'm not sure that I would strap 
anything and push him directly to the championship. But hey, I was also an Andrade Cien Almas doubter at one time also. I mentioned this before. I've been wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong again. But I personally don't think Velveteen Dream is ready, especially in comparison to somebody I've been watching and rooting for so hard like a Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I, I'm forced to agree with you on this one. I think that Velveteen Dream used a little humbling in his character and in real life, and then, you know, just some just all-around growth. He's definitely showing true potential. He's going to make an amazing champion eventually. If you read anything about Velveteen Dream off the script and anywhere outside of NXT, he is a sponge. He's constantly working with the coaches. He's working with some of the all-time greats. Nick, you made a Shawn Michaels comparison as we were watching the episode of NXT. Well, Shawn Michaels is much more heavily involved in the NXT roster. That must have had some influence. You noticed it earlier tonight. Tell me some real big talking points about the comparison from Velveteen Dream to an early day Shawn Michaels. Because honestly, that took me by surprise, and I'm sure all of Team NXT would like to hear about that comparison. There's a lot that goes between these two, even when it comes down to their style of clothing. If you go back to early Shawn Michaels, idea that he gave with his tattered up styled, because it wasn't tattered at the, at the time, it was just, it looked like it was a rip, and then eventually he turned them into hearts. You know, the, the broken hearts. Right. But originally, they were supposed to be these rips in his pants. And that's what Velveteen's going for now. These sectional pants where it's very flamboyant, it's tight, it's sectional plant pants. And then the only thing that's different, as always with Shawn Michaels, even down to this one little detail, the boots. So consistency in the boots then? Absolutely. But does not stop there. <laughs> it's not just their styles. It's, it's also his the way he carries himself. And I wouldn't say that like his moveset is... Anyway, reminiscent of Shawn Michaels. Right, Velveteen Dream, a bigger sized man than yeah. early Shawn Michaels. Absolutely. A lot more power in his game, respectively, to it's the heartbreak more, kid. It's more the way he shows himself all. He's very extra with everything he does. Oh, we noticed that. Everything he does. He's a little extra with everything. Even when he sells. Even when he's selling something, he takes a backdrop. He leaves his legs extended for a little extra time. He'll, when he finally does hit the mat, he'll you know jerk a couple times to prove how much it actually did hurt. There's a lot of extra that goes into like what he does. That that's why Velveteen Dream, a student of the game, most certainly, definitely eyeing legends in his inspiration, taking on Johnny Gargano tonight, who he was 100% sure Gargano, you're not ready for takeover. Velveteen Dream insisting that if he was ready for that Cassius Ono match, Gargano would have no shot at that NXT championship, but the beating rebel heart of Johnny Gargano would not say die. Gargano carrying a lot of heart, but in all due respect, the size advantage and a lot of obvious advantages for Velveteen Dream in this match. Nick, you brought up his moveset in comparison to Shawn Michaels. Not the exact same. I noticed a lot of gold dust in the way Velveteen Dream executes there moves. There is a lot of gold dust there, too. I see it. It's a lot of uh, grabbing a hold and making people feel awkward. I like that about his character, though. It's good. Lots of creepy tension when it comes to Velveteen Dream. Lots of mind games. So that more in his earlier Velveteen Dream. He was more feeling himself, quite literally. Definitely a lot more of creepy era gold dust in the early days of Velveteen Dream. Seeming to, seeming to piece it all together here, though, so far in NXT... I mentioned that match with Aleister Black before. This match also delivering Velveteen Dream, getting the opportunity to work with two of NXT's high-caliber stars, definitely shows the kind of faith that Triple H 
has in him. Triple H even getting him a takeover match on Saturday. I'll announce that match when we go through the takeover card. But back to Johnny Gargano, the resilience and the heart and all that that makes Johnny Gargano the number one babyface in NXT, if not all of WWE. Debate me on that if you want, but I think it's true. Gargano managing to pull out all the stops here. Smart strategy as well. Not breaking down the legs like I thought he would on a bigger opponent, Nick, but really working on the arms of Velveteen Dream, taking that elbow drop out of commission, as well as a couple other things. What are your thoughts on the in-ring performance as far as Johnny Gargano goes tonight? Well, as always, it was amazingly solid. Technically, man is just so gifted when it comes to technical wrestling. Not a lot of growth since the last time I've seen him. I figured... You know, with him going for the title, there right. would be a lot more high impact. Biggest thing that I've seen was the clothesline. That was a hell of a clothesline. I'd like to see some some of that. If you know, if by chance you're listening out there, Johnny Gargano, I'd like to see some more high impact grapple moves from you. I that, think it's you know, possible cement against him as like a, a, a singles. That high flying really works as a like a solo cruiserweight or a tag team competitor. But if you really want to cement yourself as a solo competitor in the NXT, I think he needs a grounded move. I don't know what the odds are of Johnny Gargano listening to this, but he has liked a couple of my pictures on Twitter in the past, and uh, you never know. So, Johnny, if you're listening... how handsome you are. <laughs> Nick wants high-impact moves, possibly against a smaller opponent, not by much, but Andrade Cien Almas does take away a little bit size in comparison to Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, impressive arsenal of his own, that signature twisting DDT. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it has a name, but I want to know the name oh, of that move. gorgeous. Oh my god. We saw it executed against Aleister Black, but it looked One way better. One of my favorite moves in wrestling is the DDT. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Jake the Snake, the innovator of the DDT. And that was one of the best DDTs I've ever seen in my life. Best DDTs. Raven, Jake the Snake. Velveteen Dream added to that list. Velveteen Dream right up there. A favorite in the NXT division right now. That signature DDT executed on Aleister Black, but it looked even better done to the smaller opponent in Johnny Gargano. That super Death Valley driver. Johnny, I don't know how he kicked out of that one. Lots of big spots in this match. I've been trying not to talk about big moves in big matches. Just kind of the overall picture. But those two, two unbelievable moves. It's hard not to shine a little bit of spotlight on that. But Johnny Gargano bouncing back with everything he's got. Meeting Velveteen Dream in the middle with that super kick. No knee on the other side. Where is Tommaso Ciampa? I'll get to that conversation in a little while as well. But that super kick, followed by the Gargan No Escape, which I love the name of that super <laughs> Nice little word I fun. love that little word <laughs> play in there. Play. It's a fun. <laughs> Forcing Velveteen Dream to tap with his good arm, and it honestly didn't look like he had any good arms at the end of this one. Nick, that tap was pretty comical. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It looked like a little T-Rex just flailing. Gargano on a roll heading to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, and obviously turning the head of the champion and his manager, Zelina Vega, the beautiful business associate and the NXT champion, Andrade Cien Almas, make their way to the ring after this match in what, of course, we didn't expect to be a peaceful confrontation, although Almas had me fooled for a couple seconds before those forearms started to fly, but Johnny Gargano having a little bit of, a little bit of knowledge ahead of time to anticipate a counter, but Almas would include a vicious assault, but the heart of Johnny just keeps on beating. Johnny Gargano would manage to slingshot DDT and stand tall at the end of this NXT episode, and as much as that should give me a good feeling, 
It just kind of sends bad juju when the contender you want to win the championship ends up holding that title high. I really don't like to talk about things too much outside of kayfabe and too much with a cynical view, but that just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It was an amazing DDT. I love any opportunity I get to see Zelina Vega. I'm not going to put down the ending segment, but Nick, there is some... There was some There's bad some feeling angst. in my pit There's of my stomach. Angst. Yeah, Have man. You see that? Angst is the As word. As a longtime wrestling fan, we've seen a lot. And it's hard not to see that, like, don't do it, man. Like, I was sitting there saying it the whole time. Don't he, touch it. Don't do it. And the, the crowd is chanting. Touch and the Georgia, it, Georgia touch crowd it. was be- Georgia crowd was begging Johnny Gargano. Zelina Vega was on your side, though. Zelina Vega not liking that Johnny Gargano hoisting that NXT Championship above his head. There's no denying how good Gargano looks with it, but oh, it does he, leave. He deserves it. He, I want him to have it. It just leaves but that not real, like that. <laughs> that real sinking feeling, that pit of angst. You really got to see through the smoke that is the optimistic view at the end of this one. Will Johnny Gargano walk out successful in Philadelphia? I honestly see a curveball coming. But while we're on the subject of Philly, great main event match, Johnny Gargano and Velveteen Dream. Let's get to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia predictions, which I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but we're going we're gonna to be there in Philly, live, pretty good seats. Shout out to any other members of Team NXT going. If you want to give me a shout out on the Twitter, you want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to meet you at the arena. Let's we're take at Geno's. Some, we'll get cheesesteaks. Let's take some pictures. Let's get some cheesesteaks. I believe Xfinity Live. Xfinity Live seems to be the meeting spot. Nick, who got next? A new NXT podcast on the rise, part of the Rant with Ant podcast I like network. That play too, that's nice. Right, a couple great guys, Phil and Nick. Thank you for inviting me. Xfinity Live. We'll all be meeting up. We'll get some Team NXT pictures, and I can't wait to hear your guys' episode as well. Great last one. Congratulations on hitting double digits. I personally can't believe this is my fortieth, but the NXT network. And the connections just keep on growing. And I thank you guys for being a part of it and reaching out to me. But let's get to TakeOver predictions. I mentioned Velveteen Dream earlier and the added TakeOver match. Triple H adding Cassius Ono versus Velveteen Dream to the TakeOver Philadelphia card. Ironically, two men who have most recently lost to the now number one contender. Nick, do you see Cassius Ono walking away with the win? Or do you see a little bit of redemption on Saturday for Velveteen Dream? I think the Velveteen Dream needs to walk away with this one. He is in desperate need of a big win. Big win for Velveteen Dream predicted. I'm going to go the other way and say the knockout artist solidifies why he deserves to be in talks for an NXT championship opportunity after falling just a bit short, qualifying for that fatal four-way a couple weeks ago. But let's get into some title action. A very unorthodox pairing in this one. Two of the most ruthless and heel teams in NXT. Undisputed Era's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, known most famously as the Red Dragon, take on Paul Ellering's Weapons of Destruction, the Authors of Pain, Akam and Rezar, looking to be the second team in history other than the top guys, the Revival, to be two-time NXT champions. Nick, I see Undisputed Era walking away. We brushed on this in the TM61 segment. I see Undisputed Era continuing their reign. But I also see a monkey wrench possibly thrown in this match. Sanity, most recently a victim of an assault by the Undisputed Era. I think all hell and all chaos breaks loose in this one. And we don't have a decisive winner. But in the event of a decisive winner, I think Undisputed Era walks away with their titles. I don't know, man. I think it's... You know, a little too juicy 
for the writers to pass up the opportunity for TM61 to get their first shot at the titles against the AOP, the men who denied them their rightful chance at that Dusty Rhodes classic. Lots at stake in the NXT Tag Team Division. Cannot wait to and see. Who among us? Who among us didn't want to see TM61 win that? Oh, TM61, arguably the babyface team to watch at NXT at that time of tag team action. Not taking anything We're all away. Heartbroken. <laughs> oh man, DIY might have been the other team to watch. Yeah. At that at that point, lots lots of potential in NXT Tag Team Division up and down. And right is a hot time for it. Authors of Pain, Undisputed Era. Cannot wait to see those two teams clash. And who will walk away NXT Women's Champion? Will Ember Moon defend the honor of her division? Or does Shayna Baszler walk in, take the title in a very Kevin Owens-like fashion? Nick, that comparison was really great before. I really, really see the Kevin Owens way. Yeah, Minus the Sami Zayn friendship. In yeah, it, besides, you know, powerbombing people on the sides of aprons. Which Shayna Baszler, <laughs> I don't doubt that she's not... I, I really don't doubt <laughs> sure she's capable she's of that she's very capable of that. Or something just as terrible. I, I personally don't see her winning this one. I don't see her, her taking it. Like I think Ember Moon's ring supremacy, her ring knowledge, the fact that she's the veteran in this is going to bring this home, home for her. She does have the NXT experience. She has competed and brought the fight to Asuka. This is going to be the first match we're going to agree on. I don't see the legend of the Mythic Warrior burning out. I think this title reign continues well past Philadelphia. That, again, should not be surprising to anyone who watches this because we all know we love Ember Moon and we got to watch her debut. No one should be surprised that we're both going for Ember Moon there. Lots of Ember Moon biased. I know you've heard me talk up Asuka and Asuka's dominant title reign before, but my heart does hold a special place for Ember Moon. Watching her first takeover title defense, I don't want to see that spoiled. I don't want to see that go away, and I don't want to see somebody like a bully walk in and take it away from her. I'm a longtime martial artist. I've been standing up to bullies for over 16 years now, so Shayna Baszler is not my personal cup of tea, despite how much I respect what she's done in the world of mixed martial arts. Carrying on past the titles for now, Blood Feud. Adam Cole, baby, takes on the Dark Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black, and I'll hammer this point home. This match will steal Royal Rumble weekend, and Aleister Black's undefeated streak will continue into 2018. I see all the redemption in the world. I see Aleister Black's body being used as a weapon. I see a lot of steel chair redemption in his future. Nick, you're a big fan of ECW. Talk us through what we can expect in Philadelphia for this one. God, I am hoping so much to see buckets of blood. (laughs) But because of WWE's policies, I don't know that that's going to happen. However, I think that there are going to be kendo sticks and garbage cans galore. And I cannot wait to see the innovative ways that Aleister Black... Beats the hell out of Adam Cole, baby. Both siding with Aleister Black on this one, but Undisputed Era might... Just don't like him. There's Just a lo- don't like him. I don't like Adam Cole. There's a lot not to like about Adam Cole. First of all, he's objective, objectively a very good-looking guy. I think there's somewhere of a Shawn Michaels... I don't like his face. Shawn Michaels' bastard child possibility yeah, in there somewhere. Absolutely. He does have quite the punchable face, and that's what makes him what a successful world-traveled heel at this point in his career. And Ring of Honor fame, you can't take that away from him, and you can't take away the potential that this match has. Aleister Black... Adam Cole, Blood Feud, Extreme Rules, able to tear the roof off of the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And to wrap things up, main event, 
NXT Championship, the champion Andrade Cien Almas, of course, accompanied by the beautiful Zelina Vega, who I have no doubt has something up her sleeve, takes on the beating, resilient rebel heart of Johnny freaking wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Gargano, who has had a sloppy and heartbreaking 2017 for a majority of the year. That's probably understatement of this podcast episode so far, is that Johnny Gargano had a bad 2017. Absolutely. Going back to TakeOver <laughs> Chicago and all the downfall since then... I think there's a lot in store for this main event. I think we're in for one hell of a surprise, but a surprise that I see as a noble prediction. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, I think they're button heads in Philadelphia here, Nick. It's very possible. It could be very possible that Tommaso Ciampa costs him that title. To that point, we've seen former DIY mentions in the matches between Almas and Gargano before. Remember, folks, this is a trilogy. Gargano is 0-2 against the current NXT champion. Gargano, unfortunately distracted by a flying DIY t-shirt in Brooklyn after a masterpiece of a match oh that God, we were lucky enough heartbreaking. lucky enough to see in person that time, and now we get to see the championship rematch. Enough about personal excitement. And second match, Vega wearing a DIY t-shirt herself. Gargano appearing to be completely over the DIY attachment in his heart, but it still cost him a couple split worthwhile seconds enough to cost him the match. Does Zelina Vega go all out and swing for the fences? Does she full-on bring his former DIY partner into TakeOver Philadelphia? I think that's possible, but I hope it's after the match because I personally want to see Johnny Gargano as the new NXT champion. Nick, your thoughts? I think that Tommaso Ciampa is smart in the sense that he will wait until he wins that title to rekindle their feud. So that it's more meaningful. Because Tommaso Ciampa is not just a psycho. He's a Sicilian psycho. He's a Sicilian psycho killer. He knows what he wants. He's smart. (laughs) He's crafty. Tommaso Ciampa will pick the right opportune time. Will it be for the NXT Championship? Does Zelina Vega have some sort of plan of involving him in the match? Will it be a post-match assault? And have the two former DIY members competing for the NXT Championship? Like Nick said... Team NXT, give me your thoughts, give me your predictions, keep up the conversation. I can't thank you enough for the social media outreach that has happened over the past number of months. 500 for Philly, hashtag Team NXT. Let's do it. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. You can see a whole bunch of 205 Live photos I got up there. I'm going to put some Raw 25 pics up. I'm going to put some TakeOver Philadelphia pictures up there. I'm going to really put some focus on the Instagram page these next couple of days and obviously next weekend. Find me on Facebook, as inactive as it sadly has been. I still appreciate the outreach on any form of social media. And of course, continue listening to me on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, any form of podcast media. Please If you know any way to get on Spotify, I'm dying to get up on there. So if you have any information on how to get up on there. But the last stop on the road to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, I am CD Danny Mac, thanking you for the emphasis and the motivation to go through 40 episodes of the podcast and my most consistent co-host, my fan reaction with the in-ring experience, Nikki Six. Thank you for joining me again. It's always good to be here, Dan. Thank you for having me. Great show, great time. Team NXT, we will talk to you for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. (laughs) 